Hello and welcome to World Shop, the podcast where we build worlds based off of a roll of a 20-sided die. I'm Jordan. And I'm Cody. Unlike last episode, we are now like officially back in it. And thank God that campaign is over. We're back. We're doing what actually works. And I'm here for it, man. How are you doing, Cody? <laughs> I'm, I'm doing good. I, I really like my world. So I'm like, I, I had a an unsurprising inspiration for this world, I would say. But once I like kind of thought about it, I'm like, ooh, yeah, I know what I want to do. And I'm okay. I, I hope we are very different because I just went for the obvious. I can't imagine you did what I did. Okay, perfect. I, I That's great. Because like, yeah. Anyways, Cody. So I know what you've been doing because we've kind of been talking about it for the last six weeks. Um, how's Dark Souls? Um, okay, Dark Souls so yeah, three. I do... Cody is finally playing the game I've been telling for the last year and a half to play. Woo. Yeah. So for probably like two weeks, I think I've been getting in. So I bought Dark Souls three a while ago. Yeah, and then I, finally and I was just, very I was upset that you didn't play it. it so and. <sighs> I think when like I've been messaging you about it, I like said I have a love hate relationship with it right now, and that's very true for how I'm feeling about the game at the moment. Is like there is a part of me that, that loves, it, loves it, and a part of you that hates it. That's what love hate means. Yes, I get it. Yeah, and the I think the biggest crux of the 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 thing it's is not the phase two dark souls one had two phases on most bosses too it's no they didn't um Demon, um orange sea smoke even the gaping Capra dragon Demon didn't had have a phase. two phases the phase one was fighting off those dogs in it yeah but that really the boss didn't ever change you were just fighting two other creatures but um, like there gaping were dragon bosses also with two had phases. a phase two where it did a couple different attacks that vomiting attack only happened at when it was down halfway wasn't a direct phase two but they all had a second set of moves they did not all have some of them had and most of them maybe added a new move the only boss that really 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 had a strong phase two was ornstein and smoke um i would say that's the only boss where the health refilled halfway through the fight it's the only boss where there was like a mid boss fight cutscene, um, but other than that, most of your bosses were maybe they would start doing a different attack, but the fight didn't change that much throughout it. And it's not really having two phases that really bothers me that much. What's the bother, Cody? It is the nature of crowd control being what Dark Souls is meant to be, and so you look at Ornstein and Smo as kind of like the pinnacle of hard fights to me in dark souls yes i would i would say in dark souls period is one of the hardest fights yeah like it's really hard it's super difficult and like looking back at dark souls one the only other boss fight that gave me that much trouble where there wasn't like a new technique i needed to learn or like a trick to the fight was um oh i don't remember what it's i want to call it the abyss watcher but that's not what it is it's like the the lord of the deep maybe it's the boss that the Four Kings, that's what yeah. it's called. That's what it's called. Four Kings. Because it did the same thing, where it would spawn multiple copies of itself as the boss fight went on. Yeah. And you just had to be really aggressive the whole fight, and then you would win. What bothered really me... hard fight. <laughs> yes, it is. It was super difficult. What, what bugged me about Dark Souls 3 is that not even just in the boss design, but in the level design, there are a lot of times where the enemies are not just like, I messed up and now they're hoarded up on me. The enemies are a horde, and you have to deal with that. 
in a game yeah. that kind of revolves around fixed locking onto one guy and having a duel with him. So it is challenging, but it's kind of because the game was designed around dueling with one other character, not around fighting hordes of enemies. It feels like they did something outside of the engine of the game and then are like, it's a challenge. Like, well, yeah, technically it's a challenge. It would be like if you put aerial combat in the game. I'm really only thinking of like a handful of bosses that do that, which is Abyss Watcher and the tree are the only ones right off the bat that come to mind. Well, but th- then that's where the second phase of oh, Haunted Sullivan Oh, and then Sullivan I guess the Crystal me. Wizards does that too and the crystal wizards did it and the um uh the freaking pyromancers in the basement oh the priest yeah yeah also had that same mechanic of okay so like five bosses (laughs) it's it's and but then also it's just the level design and what i find myself doing is like an orlando i just skipped i didn't go through an orlando i ran through an orlando Got to the bonfire, and now I'm just running to go and fight Eldrick? Eldrich? Eldrich. I call him Eldrich, or her. I think it's technically... It's a they, technically, if you look into the lore. Because this half-devoured body of Gwyn, Gwendolyn, of the Devourer of Souls, is actually that giant blob monster that is eating it. Oh, uh, we can talk about well, the I mean, nature of I, that I love Eldrich but... because of the lore. It's like the... Aldrich is actually that like weird blob monster tail that is on the boss that like that is Aldrich. Yeah, that makes sense. And I'm curious about the lore around it. I'm also curious about the, I like that Anne Orlando is there. Yeah. It is a cool thing. I like that you find a blacksmith coal on the blacksmith giant or on the giant blacksmith. I think that's cool, but I did not love the level for Anorlando because it's it felt a really hard level. It's not hard. I ran past it. Well, it's hard if you don't run past it, Cody. <laughs> and, but it doesn't feel like it's designed to be played is the thing. that That's the part that kind of irks me about it. Because that was see- in first Anorlando, right? Is those archers that just like screw you over if you hold still for a second. Yeah, they'll and take you're supposed you right to off run. the cliff. Yeah, you have to yeah, run. Yeah, and you're supposed them. to run up and then you get a bonfire, but then you like fight through the whole castle of Anorlando. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah. It, in this, I literally just sprinted past all of it and then hit the elevator and got the bonfire. And I was like, done. Like, that's it. Like, now, I'm not I, going back. See, I didn't do any. I took it slow and it took a long time to get up to Pontiff and then a long time to get all the way up to... um. What's his name? Aldridge. Where was Pontiff? Oh, yeah, the area the area before Pontiff, I also just sprinted right yeah, past. P- dude, Pontiff was a hard boss. He has I love the steep, fight with Pontiff. He has a high defense in a steep health bar, and then you get to that second phase where he summons the like spectral image of himself, that ethereal Pontiff, and jeez, yeah. he just kept he kept doing that thing where he just whip me into the air and I would fall and get up and he would just hit me again as I'm getting up and I just hate that so much there were a few attacks that he did that I was just kind of like okay like because he, he, what heavy I liked attacks about were the worst <laughs> there was like the string of attacks that if he did I would just lose the fight like yeah I still don't know how to get out of the way of them every boss I has would... one of those where it's like if you get hit by it you're pretty much done it wasn't if I got hit by it it was if the attack happened because I couldn't dodge roll long enough to not get killed. It tracked well enough that I couldn't get far. I couldn't get away. 
And so every time he did that in a fight, I then lost the fight. And the one time, I mean, it wasn't the one time he didn't do it. It's a really uncommon attack. I, it just, that time he didn't do that attack. But I, I loved that fight because it had a good combination of the shield was a viable strategy. Yes. Sometimes dodge rolling worked really well. And when you were like in the rhythm fighting with him, it felt really good and really fun. Yeah. Um, yeah, it does. And even the second phase didn't bother me that much because what I found out is he was weak to fire. My primary weapon was a fire sword. Oh, nope. I didn't do that. I could almost kill his clone while he was spawning it. Wow. Like, as soon as he started spawning it, if I just ran up there and just went nuts, his clone would have, like, a sliver of health left and I could kill the clone and then fight him. Jeez, yeah, but, no, that's not at all what happened with me. I had to kill him while also dealing with the clone. And yeah. that makes it a hard boss fight. Well, and the to- the the moment where I won, I, like, didn't think it was going to happen. And I got him <laughs> that's down That's, like, 90% probably... of the times I've beat a boss, I didn't think it was going to happen. <laughs> It was probably it wasn't like a sliver of health left. It was like a pretty substantial chunk. And he did the spawn for one of his clones where he just holds still for a while. And I'm just like, I have like one I had one flask left and he had and I was just like, nope, we're going for it. And I just like chopped him until he spawned the clone. I wasn't focusing on the clone, I was focusing on him, and he had like a hair of health left. They were both spawned and both reeling up to attack, and I'm just like Oh, screw it! And I just like sprinted for it and did one, one last more slice flash. and got him. Yeah, and I was like, it was it was entirely just timing and luck of the draw. If they had been a second sooner, I would have lost that fight. But I was like, oh yes. So one of the reasons I can't really get through Bloodborne right now is because I'm not really into that HP Lovecraft aesthetic. I love. I've heard other people complain about that. I honestly. loved Dark Souls for that dark fantasy of like crippling dying world aesthetic so how i know your feelings about the like gameplay how do you like the world of dark souls 3 so far the level design i'm really impressed with like yeah i I should say the world building i'm really impressed with there are points where i'm not a fan of the level design you hate it yorm can we talk about Yorm the Giant really? It quick? was the lamest area and the lamest boss fight I've ever okay, the seen. Area that, sucked, that to me, but the boss it's a really impressive boss fight where it just it's like not. he comes out swinging and like his moves are all extremely dodgeable. Like I said, I got him halfway down before I just like okay, there has to be a better way to do this. Yeah, well, and that was that was exactly my experience with it. Was like I went in, I like found that boss fight and as soon as I started fighting him, I'm like, okay, this guy's really easy. And then I got killed, and I had taken down, like, none of his yeah, health. Yeah, because you but do I hit him 10 a lot. damage a hit, no matter what your weapon is. So then I did some reading, and they're like, well, either you have to use the weapon that's sitting next to his throne. And I'm like, ugh, okay. Or um, they showed that he was weak to lightning. Yeah. So that's where I stopped doing that boss fight. Because I, I missed Pontiff Sullivan altogether. Oh, my God. Um, I just didn't find that area, you know? So yeah. then I go all the way back, do the pontiff route, because I need that to get the coal and the ember, or the coal and the gem I need to make a lightning weapon. So I do that whole thing, make a lightning weapon, build it, go back and fight him, and it still only does five damage to him. And I'm like, yeah. so you just have to use the big stupid sword. And then I use the big stupid sword, and I beat him on my first shot. And I'm like, yeah. what? This wasn't hard. And the area around him was stupid. It was one that was like, again, I just ran past. I did not fight a single enemy in that okay, area Daddy. fine fine i like i just i like that uh, boss because I, I went in i started swinging i was doing all the dodging and stuff i felt good about it because like 
he has a very easy move set, but it's in a, he's an yeah. aggressive boss. And he's, it's impre- it's like one of those things, the music starts up, it like strikes that fear. It's like, oh crap, this boss is going to destroy me, but he's manageable. And I saw that item there. And so I took him again, lost again. I'm like, okay, let's see what this effing thing is. Maybe it's like something that can help me. So I ran past him, grabbed it, died again. Cause I didn't know you had to charge it up. And like, I was seeing, like, okay, well, what's the heavy attack? I was like, ching, like, oh. Let's go murder this guy. <laughs> so I, I really liked it because it was just one of those things where it's, there's a trick to it. You have to figure it out. And if you don't, you're just going to have to beat him by slicing 10 damage at a time. Yeah. Well, and that was the thing is I, I totally agree that as a boss to dance with, yeah. it was really fun. He had He's a great boss, a slow, predictable moveset that felt good to dodge. So I was like, yes awesome this is actually really fun and then it's like gotta do some stupid crap yeah I'm like, Can I, just I, I get that i thought it was fight? cool because it's like i wasn't expecting it it was something i had to figure out and like grab the sword and like try to like figure out how to use the sword and then like managing to use this stupid bulky sword while not getting killed by this quick aggressive move set well and that's like the thing is the the two times when it's been like a straight up brawl I've loved the game. Which like, times are First those? phase, Pontiff Sullivan, and second phase, Abyss Watcher. Oh, yeah. Were like, I could not wait to go back and lose those fights. That Abyss because Watcher fight, that second phase is so cool. When he just whips out the fire. It's so fun. Whoosh, and he's flinging that sword around. Yeah, that's a cool fight. Pontiff was cool, even though he gave me trouble. I love Aldrich. I love, as the first boss, Gunder. I really liked him because he was a, but you hated him, the the giant armor that you have to fight and then he goes um, demon mode on you you hated that for some reason i struggled a lot because i was a character that generally relied very heavily on a shield which early game you just can't do and late game you dodge rolling is still a bigger part of dark souls 3 than it was of yeah, dark souls yeah 1. it's a huge part of dark souls 3 and like that's like again i started with dark souls 3 so i started having to learn how to do these boss fights. And I mean, I'm still a little bit eh, about that first fight, which was fine. It wasn't bad, but again, like the second phase kind of like, and now the real boss fight. Well, before you get the game, there's a secret area where there's like, I'll say three out of four of those bosses are really cool. Um, One of the bosses has one of the cooler like boss run slash methods of fighting. Like it's in this... The area, I mean, you're going to hate it because you hate everything I love, but it's in this area that's brightly lit. The sun's out. Like, it's really cool area, and then you have to fight this really awesome, huge boss. Quick fight. You're going to hate it because there's a gimmick, but I loved it. <laughs> but then, yeah, there's there's a gimmick. There's a way to kill him real easy, but I just thought it was like it's a cool run through and a cool, like, boss. You, I beat him first try. I also beat – actually, I beat – Three out of the four of those secret bosses first tried that I never beat the fourth one because he's the hardest one of the game. And his first phase just sucks. It just it's not like hard. It just sucks because it's not that's one I'll give you. It's not a good design. And for people who are wondering who I'm talking about, the nameless king is a bad design for his first phase. Is that not a required he's enemy? Not, nameless king, that whole area that I just talked about is not required at all. Is that the, like, you have to, like, bow down and pray, like, by a dragon statue thing? Yeah. That's oh, okay. Gotcha. So I am really, aware of it. Yeah. Yeah. Nameless King. That, that boss really is just frustrating. Yeah. Well, if it was just the second phase, that would be a hard, really good brawl of a boss fight. But that first phase is just stupid. You have to fight. He's like, riding a dragon. You have to fight his dragon. And it's it's hard because he's flying in the air and he lands every day. It's hard. You clip through him. You can't really see him. His hitbox is weird. That did... <sighs> I don't fully blame the game on that, 
but that killed me with Pontiff Sullivan like three different times. With the hitbox? Where, no, the clipping. Oh, the camera yeah. would, I would, the camera would go into the wall, and I was just like, I don't know, and then I was dead, and I'm like, how do you, you can't time a dodge when you can't see him swing, yeah, you know? And yeah. It was just like mm-hmm. a black screen for a minute, because the camera had swung into a wall, which I get, but it's like, that fight has, the arena has so many angles and corners that it's really easy to get backed up someplace you don't want to be which i found that managing your placement fun so i was liking that part yeah but no i mean there's like a lot of the game that i'm really enjoying and having a lot of fun with they're just like these little things that i'm like it felt like they needed to make the game hard and what's hard in dark souls is managing a crowd because of the nature of how locking on to one enemy works that it makes you have a blind spot. Yeah. So it's really easy to make Dark Souls impossible. Just have something stab you in the back. You can never see it. Yeah. So then when the game felt like it got built around a lot of backstabbing of you by just the way they put enemies, I'm like, okay, like you can do that, but it just feels like it just feels unfair, not hard. But maybe that's just because I'm biased from playing Dark Souls 1. And yeah. it's not like Dark Souls 1 never had that. So, eh, I don't know. Uh, but the, the more I watch you play, the more like, I think about and read about Dark Souls 3, the more I want to go buy Sekiro, even though I know I am not in a place where I could get constantly frustrated by Sekiro. I need I need a break. Like, I'm when I, when I finish Dark Souls 3, I'm going to be done with it. You know, for a little while, I'm going to want to play a different play anything that's not impossibly hard and frustrating yeah yeah i get that i like dark souls but it makes me want to strangle people and i can't go through my life just frustrated and mad at a video game yeah i mean it it is like Like, i have enough crap to be mad at i can't have that extra stuff like be that video like video games are my only time to relax yeah i i kind of find it i don't want that's where Having a well-designed fight is fun because you kind of get in that flow where you almost like turn your brain off, you know? Yeah. And I find that relaxing, even if you're losing a bunch. So it it, yeah. it goes both ways, you know? We'll see. I'll let you know if I get Sekiro. Anyways, what I've been doing as we talked about Dark Souls for 20 minutes and... I mean, we're, you had to know that. Was hey, we're back. We're talking about nonsense for 20 minutes before the show. I missed this because I've had a lot <laughs> of stuff that I've been doing. Um, So actually, I have not like watched pretty much anything since we talked like i watched lock one episode of, of lock and key with mel and that's about all did you kind of just quit on that i just watched one episode and it was just yesterday i enjoyed the episode we watched oh okay i have like it looks cool but yeah the other so i've been playing a lot of stuff and i don't have to we'll get into it in the following weeks so i'll still be playing it because my life is a mess um but the thing i wanted to talk about that's actually important um is i started reading and just got caught up with the web comic headless bliss and it is absolutely amazing but the caveat the one thing that makes it bad is it only updates once a week one page a week which is killer because it's such a good story and so colorful and so interesting that one page a week hurts. So Headless Bliss is this comic. It's about the daughter of a demon queen in this realm of demons who meets a quote-unquote half-demon, as to not spoil things, meets a half-demon who's not like anybody else she's met. She's this half demon is like a storyteller and a very intriguing character. And like so they become like friends throughout it and it's their journey adventure that they take from there and it's dark and twisted at times it's 
like the third chapter with the twins is probably one of the darker chapter like things I've read recently. It is very reminiscent of the if anybody has read the manga Soul Eater, the chapter um a book about killing things is very it is very reminiscent of that towards the end. But it's 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 a really really good comic, like color very colorful. The art is fantastic and just. The creativity in the story is just one that is like taking me. It's like, wow, I just never expected this because I read this person's other webcomic and there's it's a like it's a very slice of life, like open, like friends drinking at a bar type webcomic. And then we get headless bliss. That is this just weird, dark fantasy, which is impressively structured throughout. So I recommend that to anybody because I've been obsessed with it for the last week and didn't want to, but I caught up on all 346 pages that are out right now. Yeah, I was going to say, I just went and looked it up. I'm like, well, it updates once a week, but it's 346 yeah, pages Yeah, it's been going long. on. Like, so I, when she first released it, I started reading it, but then I'm like, oh, it's only like 10 pages in and she's planning to only update it once a week. So I'm going to wait a little bit before I read it. And then finally, I'm like, this looks like I kept seeing like pictures posted places. I'm like, this looks really cool. I need to check this out. And it's it's just it's beautiful. It's really really well done. I recommend it to anybody who likes web comics. And if you like can't do one update a week, then like read a little bit of it, put it down, come back to it later, and just like I'm planning to like put it down for a while and reread it again because it's just that good. Anyways, that's what I've been doing. We'll talk about my video game stuff later, but. On to the show, unless you got anything else to say. Nope, I'm good. Okay, Cody. This is a hard one, but I actually know the answer to it. What was the last World Shop episode we did? I have no idea. Okay, Cody. If I'll give you three guesses, and if you can get it, then I'll give you like $30. <laughs> Jordan, I don't even kind of know. I, I have absolutely no idea it has been like a month yeah it's been an entire month that we haven't done worlds i've missed this so much the last time was story episode where i did water and sadness and teens in the apocalypse and you did oh. my um everybody has like a slightly weird superpower the oddities and the sheriff yeah and all yeah, yeah yeah okay i remember that now yeah so that was a really fun episode and this week cody what are we doing this week uh, this week is a world after a supervillain wins. Or after the villain, period, but yeah. Oh, sorry, yeah. yeah. You threw in super. I also went the super route, so. Uh, I didn't. Okay. Well, good. It's not technically <laughs> a yellow card. <laughs> okay, so Cody, roll for initiative. It's weird, because yep. I haven't actually done this at all. Oh my god. God, I didn't want to go first. I would be okay with I rolled a 19, by the way. What did you do? I rolled an 18. Dang it! I should have lied and said I rolled a 17. <laughs> I don't want to go first. Because <laughs> uh, I don't want to, like, uh, I, I go first too many times. Anyways, so my thing, I base my world off the idea of, like, the mainstream superheroes and villains. Like, the idea where while the villains do some pretty heinous stuff, a lot of them, like, own big companies that are, like, truly helping people. Like, you know, like, LexCorp and OzCorp, like, they still, like... Green Goblin and Lex Luthor are supposed to be, like, evil, terrible people, but they still do a lot of humanitarian stuff with their companies. So, like, yeah. I, I wanted to tell a story of, like, well, what if the villain won or, was like, is winning and, like, he's a supervillain, but no one but the heroes really thought they were the villains. 
And also, I wanted to hit on the idea that, like, a lot of these comics, the villain goes from being just a guy to be, like, the president by the end of, like, Lex Luthor, I think, at one point, is the president. Is he? And I think I Norman Osborn also runs for president or something at one point. It's just like, what? And so, and then at the end of this, I, I get a little weird with it, do some Final Fantasy villain stuff. But today, I've missed this so much. <laughs> Man, we're never doing another campaign ever again. Today, I will be reading excerpts from the collective interviews of Doom Corp employees. It's called From the Eyes of Henchmen. I'm sorry, <clears throat> From the Eyes of Peacemakers. This first one comes from Donnie Laborman. Well, okay, so things aren't always as they seem. The company may have been called Doom Corp, but that was just because it was founded by Joseph Doomington III. Yes, yes, later in life he would only allow himself to be referred to as Lord Doom, but come on, those so-called superheroes also made up names. It was all just for the flair, right? Doom Corp was founded as a small tech company that's sole purpose was furthering humanity through advanced technology. They started with communication devices, then took over a few biomedical companies, then pharmaceuticals, chemicals, renewable energy, automotive, and then pretty much everything. So Doom Corp moved to unite the world under technology. They spread out all over the world making many facilities. The so-called superheroes of the Justice Division saw this as a bad thing, but really Doom Corp was creating jobs and stimulating the economy. Sure, Doom Corp had a weapons sector, but these were non-lethal weapons created to help contain the wars rather than spread more violence. Countries became united under Lord Doom, and there were many small governments who pledged their loyalties solely to our great leader. Peace summits were created, and as long as you pledged loyalty to Doom, things were fine. The Justice Division took issues with this, said Lord Doom's world monopoly was threatening to take away the individuality of each country, and that his methods of controlling of control were a little too extreme. Don't really know what all that means, but because of Doom, life got better. Everywhere a Doom Corp building sprouted up. They gave many people jobs and helped rebuild already broken communities, more than what the Justice Division could ever do. Those so-called heroes made a few community centers, but they never truly helped out the people without doing more damage. With Doom, Having sorry, with Doom having so many facilities, some of which were for highly confidential science projects, they needed an influx of of many security workers. The heroes refer to these workers as henchmen, but that's not what it is all about. We were guarding the products from harm, and well, you know, the superheroes. The division would break in all the time and destroy equipment that the Doom Corp scientists worked so hard on. Equipment like surveillance satellites that have finally launched and watch our every move. Because of these, crimes are down to a bare minimum. Who would commit a crime when minutes later you would be, um, sorry, where minutes later you would be fried by a space laser? The heroes even destroyed the flux machine that could open a portal to different worlds. To think what advances we would be able to spread with that technology. But, Doom Corp has cleaned water in Africa and cured previously thought incurable diseases. The robotics sector has helped. 
rehabilitate amputees and paraplegics. Nothing is wrong with DoomCorp. Because of them, I have a high-paying job and am able to support my family. My wife works in a medical facility and I work guarding a special projects division. The heroes were wrong. Though some mourn, I'm generally glad they are gone. And that's my first section. Uh, we we did very different things. Woo! Good. But I like I like what you're doing. Yeah. I, um, I I like this world. This is a fun one to come back on. Yeah, I kind of also went. Things are better like, than the villain one. Uh, no, not okay. that. I just we I I also I just also enjoyed writing this. World, okay, I so I'm was, excited. Yeah, that, I, I I like the idea because like when I first saw it's like when the villain wins, it's like oh yeah, doom and gloom, the world's gonna be torn apart. It's like no. Like, what if it's not that? Uh, all right. This is a commercial that aired before, like, every YouTube video for, like, two years while the game was... Uh, Wait, is YouTube the villain? No, oh, no. But it. this is a commercial that aired before every YouTube video for, like, two years before the game was really even in development. Are you ready for an RPG that blows all others away? Blows away those RPGs that your dad played? Well, get ready for Cosmic Determinism, the RPG that has it all. Swords, guns, robots, romance. Cosmic determinism is dangerous, is a dangerous place. Marauding pirates, monsters, and demons wait around every corner, so nowhere is safe. Each fight is unique as monsters grow and learn from every player. The solar system is at war. Join a faction and fight. In real-time PvP battles, each battle gains more resources for each faction. Or build your own faction from the ground up and make a name for yourself. But be careful. NPCs also form factions and seek to conquer the world's <laughs> seek to conquer other worlds as well. Take up arms and fight to keep your solar system free from vicious warlords. You are the heroes of this story. Defeat evil and bring glory to your factions. If you don't want to just seek glory through combat, try exploration. Cosmic determinism is full of secrets to uncover. Take a spaceship and a crew and mine for comets or explore mysterious alien vessels. Sail to undiscovered islands and find buried treasure. Or get a group of friends to delve deep into caverns and uncover civilizations of old. In cosmic determinism, every choice matters and every action is a choice. Fight or flight, friends or enemies, lovers or soulmates. You decide and shape the great this game ever to be released. Cosmic determinism will be available on Windows, Mac, Android, Xbox, PlayStation, and Switch. One comment. I've been hitting skip ad for the last two minutes and <laughs> nothing has happened. <laughs> yup. Yeah, but no, I, I like I like this setup a lot. This YouTube ad, like a lot of big, like flashy jump cuts to explosions, a lot of like annoying Let's Play style people talking over Ugh. the ad. Ugh. In general, though, Cosmic Determinism is a like highly stylized graphically mmorpg yeah oh. um it looks kind of generic in a way it just has a lot of assets associated with it and a big sandbox to play in so it boasts that it takes place in an entire solar system where space travel is possible there is like magic systems as well as technology and it's just meant to be this big expansive open world game where like the tides of battle and power are constantly shifting depending on how not just one player but the masses the masses of players all interact with the world okay i'm down 
Oh, is that your part? That's that's section one, yeah. Oh, okay. I thought you had more. Now I'm down with that. I wouldn't play it because I don't like super massive games like that. Like I've said so many times, I like linear. Just send me to the end of the game. <laughs> but yeah, no, it sounds really awesome. I'm scared to know where the villain wins in this. Oh, wait. I think I have a clue kind of how you were setting up your NPCs and your stuff like also grows and learn. But we'll we'll see. I'm interested. I mean, there were there were there were hints. Yeah, there were, I'm, there I'm, were I'm, hints. I'm I'm interested. I, I like your setup so far, buddy. I like that. Okay, this next part comes from Mara Hateberg, Doom Corp Science Division. With all the propaganda that the Justice Division of the world tried to spread, it is hard to get to the truth of what Doom Corp has been up to. But I can assure you, everything Doom Corp has done has been for the greater good. All that animal testing. It was not done to harm animals or people, but we were working to create a world where the animals' lives could be extended. Through our testing, we have gotten rid of many diseases in plants and animals so that in turn, we can also extend human life. Also, these new healthy breeds of animals have helped get us close to solving world hunger. All, well, that and the cloning program. The rumors about the cloning program being used so that D Lord Doom could create super soldiers to destroy the Justice, Justice Division were all lies. Those clones chose that. What we use cloning for now is to clone animals so that food shortages can be completely erased. We also have a way of cloning organs for transplants and other medical needs. See? Doom Corp is looking out for people in ways that no hero has done before. Doom Corp's science division has helped clean up pollution. Those so-called death rays are actually antimatter rays. They are used to annihilate pollution and waste. This has helped us clean up the oceans, destroy non-biodegradable materials, and overall keep a healthier environment. Doom Corp's facilities have limited 99% of factory waste and pollution. Sure, this has caused us to easily buy out 100% of all industries, but what were those industries doing other than destroying the earth? A monopoly on the entire world was the only way to solve all problems. With one way of thinking, we are able to move forward as a unified entity. The Justice Division fought against this, but what were they really fighting for? A world order that would only harm? And that's my second part. Uh, I'm, I'm enjoying it. <laughs> I again I love I love like these types of episodes where I can just have fun and be dumb with it. It's it's really fun. Yep. Uh all right, this is a series of memos on mobs and NPC automation. There we go. <laughs> Mark, if I've told you once, I've told you a thousand times. All of our trial runs show that the machine learning is making the game fully impossible. It is not just enough to dial down the rate at which the machine learns or randomly skip cycles or do less cycles. We need each of these fixes is just a delay. Each of these fixes is just delaying the problem. Also, the idea that players will always be able to either amass in large enough numbers or gain skills at the same rate at which our NPCs are learning is a total fiction. We need a long-term solution to make this game one be a timeless and challenging experience. Two, allow for new player onboarding and development. Three, allow for a sense of a living world, and four, foster a sense of agency with our players. Remember, we are designing the seeds that will grow our garden. Once the game is running, it is writing its own code, and we will not be able to just patch things out that do not work. Becky, 
Stop sending. Oh, then that was uh, addressed Miss Eastern. So sorry, from Miss Eastern. Becky, stop sending me these emails. We sit right next to each other. You can just talk to me. <laughs> also, I can tell when you're sending me these emails because you start typing angrily. You are correct. The potential for impossible challenges from overdeveloped learning NPCs is a possibility. We might end up with some unkillable swamp hog if we're not careful. But not every NPC is a learning NPC. Those are reserved for endgame bosses and faction-leading NPCs. We expect them to we expect them to be nearly impossible to defeat. Also, the game is not going to run forever. Scaling the learning rates is an elegant solution. That is why we had learning rates programmed in. We're never going to be able to fully predict what this game will become. That is the nature of the machine learning. One, this game must remain unpredictable for long-term viability. Two, we can fix things in post. It just requires a delicate touch. Three, the real world is hard to predict, so should this fake world. Four, our players are free to kill or undermine NPCs in an infinite number of ways. From Mr. Angler. Mark, it is important that we have a paper trail of our conversations when they are relevant to a game with a near billion dollar investment of time. (laughs) At the very least, step down the machine learning to about one-tenth its current rate. I am worried what will happen when there are thousands of learning NPCs, not just one in a sandbox. Also, are we still on for dinner tonight? Becky. P.S. I'm always angry typing when I message you because you are so frustrating, despite having a cute face. (laughs) That is the end of section two. So somehow you managed to put in romance in here. Somehow. I put in romance in two places. Yeah, I noticed. No, in the, but I, in the intro, I like but you, this. You, you put in romance in this where it didn't even have to be romance. I just, just write characters talking to each other and they end up being cutesy. I don't know. Yeah, you, but you, you, have, a, you have a problem, Cody. <laughs> I, I like Not this everything idea, has to be though. cute. The world is ugly. Uh, I disagree. But I like this idea where, like, there's this potential for a problem that people are talking about, but it's like. I like that kind of office bickering back and forth about the nature of a design document, you know, like, can you just scale this down? No, scaling isn't enough. Like, I like that bickering about how to make this game work well. So I, I don't know. I enjoyed yeah, yeah, writing the, this. The inner office bickering about um, design and stuff. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I love the engineering life. It's just, a, <laughs> it's a ball of joy. I, I love doing what we do. Uh, no, no. It's like, I, I think you have a problem with romance. I think, it, you know, it doesn't have to be every part of your story. It's just like, I don't always have to have God-hating people. Yeah, but you do always have God-hating yeah, people. Yeah, not always. Almost always. Like, anytime there, there is like, a God, there God was, hates there's us. At le- there's at least, like, ten worlds where I have gods and they don't hate us. I can't think of one, but I also can't I can think, think of a single of, I can world. think of, like, maybe three. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, here's Councilman Dread, the Doom Corp Allegiance. Joseph Doomington, I'm sorry, <clears throat> Lord Doom came into power quick. He started off as the head of a very successful tech company, then quickly rose up the government ladder until he became president of the United States. He had a very high approval rating, but the Hero Guild would stop at nothing to tarnish his name. They destroyed his equipment and spread rumors about him, but he stood strong against the scrutiny. He led to Doom Corp spreading across the entire world. Doom Corp facilities took over for small governments, and soon, most countries were relying on Lord Doom. Lord Doom created a united world under Doom Corp. Unity was something the heroes could never gain. 
And soon, because of his position, Lord Doom was set to become ruler of the entire world. But the heroes would stop at nothing to ruin Lord Doom's plan. They wanted to change public opinion against Lord Doom and stop his rising power. But what for? When the heroes saved people, they just stopped there. The runaway train incident? Strongman halted the train from crashing, but the quick jolt caused many people to fly forward and be severely injured. Some even died. But did the heroes follow up? Make sure those blue-collar workers got the medical attention they needed? Did they work to make sure the families of the deceased were okay? No. And many more of these incidents happened. The heroes would save and fight evil, but all these fights led to more property damage and death. Many people lost their jobs when Static Gal and Thunderboy overloaded the Metro City power plant to defeat Terrorbird. And then, under the Justice Division, the villains would just go free and cause more pain. Instead of doing things that hurt the people he was trying to protect, Lord Doom just used the space laser to vaporize Terrorbird. He then rehabilitated the other villains under threat of death to work for the greater good. This was something the Justice Division was never willing to do. But the Justice Division wanted to continue a world where the poor slept on the streets, the sick could not afford healthcare, and the wars and violence raged on. These were all things Doom was against. He created universal healthcare for all, and with his medical machines, communities that could never receive such care were able to get it. The poor were awarded with jobs and community homes. With these jobs, they were able to provide for their families. Controlling most of the countries led to wars ending. This was all part of Doom's plan. Yes, he bought out most political leaders such as myself, but because of him, the world is united. It doesn't matter how we got there, just that there is unity. But... The Justice Division would not stop and launched a final assault on Lord Doom. Lord Doom fought back with the special help of his cloned elite fighters and maybe a little help from the previously buried relic, the God Scepter. With the Scepter, he erased all of his opponents from reality and not one person who stands against him remains. Of course, the God Scepter transformed him into an all-powerful dragon monster, but I am completely fine with serving under a draconic overlord, as long as he makes the choices for the greater good of mankind. And so, that's the end of my third part. Um, I wanted to have that flair of comic books, and at the end, there to, like, there's always, always, always that ridiculous MacGuffin like the Infinity Gauntlet or the... Um, ultimate nullifier or the anti-life equation that the villain's trying to get that just it's like oh yeah this thing exists in the world that could just end all life by the way um but we'll just let this so that you guys find out about it like halfway through you're fighting this villain and so i, I wanted i wanted to do just something it's like oh yeah he gets the god scepter just erases all the superheroes and it changes public opinion to be on his side because like that's a very comic book idea for me and I just really wanted to be like a comic book because you can't have a comic book without that kind of like infinity gauntlet. And that's my third part. All right. <laughs> so section three, uh, this is a wiki entry for an in-game event known as the fatal conquest and the, I named this wrong. Um, and the dark age patch. 
The background for this event has never been made public, but on June 5th, 2026, an event called Fatal Conquest was activated. The event was publicized almost desperately as Determinist Games begged players to log on and organize assaults on the Adjudicator. The Adjudicator is hypertexted. When you click on it, you are led to another article. The Adjudicator was an NPC that had been gaining relevance in the game narrative over time. However, it's unclear if the Adjudicator's rise to power was intentional. No plot lines existed to explain the Adjudicator. Just as the game ran, the Adjudicator kept becoming more and more relevant. Going back to the main article. Assaults failed, and many players were captured in a uh, recursive death loop. This all but broke the game until a patch was released called The Dark Age. Many fans argue that the Adjudicator was a bug, and now, and the now-patched game is a band-aided is a band-aided and broken version of what cosmic determinism was meant to be. Either way, the massive patch allowed players to become pirates, added many new mechanics for subterfuge, and also added many new alien-relevant quest lines. This is a uh, note that was left on the desk of Becky Eastern. Dear Miss Eastern, we are writing to inform you that given the events of June 5th, 2026, your employment with Determinist Games will be terminated immediately. Oh, Do shoot. not log on to your computer today. Do not attempt to remove anything from your office. Everything on property can be considered evidence in an internal investigation that might result in legal action. Also, we are well of your romantic relationship with your with a subordinate, Mark Angler. Not only was not disclosing this relationship formally ground enough for termination, at this point we also consider the nature of that relationship a possible cause for dereliction of duties that resulted in the events of June 5th, 2026. Finally, wait where you are for security to come and escort you through the termination process. Yeah, they're going to shoot her in the head. (laughs) A note left on Mark's desk. Mark, you didn't change the rate at which machines learn, did did you? Well, that's great, because guess what? Machine learning NPCs started fighting against each other in some kind of computer-based Darwinian ladder match. And yeah, the High Adjudicator is now an unstoppable killing machine that has enslaved all the other NPCs. Oh yeah, and also most of the players. But, on paper, I'm your boss, so I get fired. Woo! Becky, your ex-girlfriend. That is the end of section three. Well, I mean, he would be upset if she didn't just get shot in the head for for this. No, no she's we're not gonna getting send shot. The people she's getting to remove fired. You. Like, no, they're gonna take him to the back of shooter. <laughs> no, the super villain in this story is the high adjudicator, which is like an wait. NPC it's not gun. the corporation that hired her and no. that's just firing for this. I'm kidding. I knew. I knew that the adjudicator was a super villain. Yeah, yeah. Wait, it's but this you idea still have one more part, to... Cody. Wait, yeah, I know. Well, that's the part that what it's like after the adjudicator is one. Okay. Yeah, no, she totally got killed. Anyway, here's my last part. I, I like, I really do like yours. Here's my last part coming from Jezebel Doom, the loving wife of Lord Doom. Not gonna say things aren't weird being married to a giant dragon monster, but you get used to it after a while. Wait, what? <laughs> do you not know that he turned into a dragon monster, as I said at the end of the last part? Oh, I missed that. Yeah, yeah. He used the God Scepter. And the God Scepter turned him into a giant dragon monster. And that's why the guy said, it's like, I'm completely fine serving under a draconic overlord as long as he makes the choices for the greater good. All right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's why I mentioned I get a little Final Fantasy because like at the end of every Final Fantasy game, like the person turns into a giant monster in the fight him. But what if the villain wins and they 
still get stuck as the giant monster. You still got to go home to your wife. It gets awkward. Anyways, not going to say things aren't weird being to a, uh, being married to a giant dragon monster, but you get used to it after a while. Sometimes I have flashes that he brainwashed me into loving him, but wait, what was I saying? Anyways, draconic demigod or not, Lord Doom cares for the people of Earth. He wants to create a great empire where all of us can strive. Yes, yes, he and I do live in a floating city above the Atlantic Ocean, but we are not seen as overlords or rulers. The rest of the members of the Earth Council live here on our floating city, and this city makes millions just uh, takes millions just to keep running, so job security. The world is continuing to advance in technology. It's great. Law enforcement gets to fly around in robot suits. Crime has been down tenfold. I wouldn't commit a crime either if RoboCop was after me. But with the furthering of technology has come the creation of space travel portals and new vessels that can travel to the furthest reaches of the abyss. We have been talking to aliens. Of course, most of them are terrified of Lord Doom and have threatened violence. But Lord Doom will not stop until every single planet has the same type of peace Earth does. We'll make peace treaties with the other aliens and colonize space. Soon Lord Doom will create a, uh, a united universe. All hail Lord Doom. And that's the end of my last part. Um, I really do like doing Southern accents, by the way, or at least attempting to do Southern accents. It's been really fun over the last, like, 40 episodes of tr developing that stupid accent that I do. <laughs> like, because I did I a like little it. bit in the campaign. I did a little bit on, like, um, there's been a couple episodes here and there where I've done southern accents i i really like just especially like the light flow of it too yeah in in um the game that i'm running right now for wandering gamer network there's an entire faction that's all people with southern accents um <laughs> I, and they're I like the southern accent it's a really good accent they're super mercurial so they're <laughs> like kind of like loan sharking galactic traders you know like so it's fun they're, they're a fun they're a fun group to i like that's playing awesome. as them so the thing I actually wanted to say about my world, not just how I like doing Southern accents, um, I also wanted to write this world from the point of view of the bad guys because truly, like, the victor wins, like, has the rights to history. The victor, like, gets to tell the story. Yeah, so, like, we, right. don't, we didn't get to hear the superhero side of it. It's like, oh, no, Lord Doom's... Like, no, we just got to hear, oh, yeah, this villain, like, did all these great things. We don't get to see the other side where the people are oppressed into loving lord doom and how like you now have a flying robotic police force that is arresting you if you leave your house like we we don't get that side or how he's living on this giant floating city in the atlantic ocean no 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 we just get the oh hey lord doom like we get that <laughs> side of it and i just i just wanted to do that because like you don't really see that in any comic books where it's just like oh yeah no the villain's kind of great but yeah yeah that's that's my world that's i i I love this topic. <laughs> this is a really good one. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, <laughs> all right. Hey, partner. Are you ready for a game with some history? A game with some scars? A game with dirt on its boots? A game with holes in its armor? Cosmic determinism. The dark age is for you. The solar system was conquered and put in chains. On every world, most people live in slaves. Drones used to harvest resources from each planet. All to build a stronger throne for the High Adjudicator, the vile and evil warlord. Can you find the hidden secret that can finally spell her defeat? Or just become another dead body to serve as a foot rest? 
Team work is a must. Each gun you can add to the side of freedom is another nail in the coffin of the high adjudicator. From outlaw, form outlaw gangs and retake the planets, moons, and space stations. Explore space, explore space for new alien artifacts to give you a fighting chance. Or dig in newly conquested planets to find powerful hidden weapons. New HD graphics. New VR support. New alien tier loot. And a new bad attitude. Cosmic determinism. The Dark Age. Mark. I must say the new trailer looked pretty good, but it does kind of feel like the high adjudicator looks maybe a little bit like me. I mean, she's <laughs> powerful, so maybe that's a compliment, but I'm not going to read into that much. I'm not going to read into it that much. Anyway, the alien event growth simulations are looking really good. I will say I am worried that the high adjudicator is probably going to be replaced with either one, a player armed to the teeth with alien death rays, or two, a randomly super evil alien overlord. So, good luck on the third age, I guess. Dinner at the usual place? You can order whatever you want. I'm buying, and I'm for sure going to bill it to Determinist Games. Rebecca Eastern, growth content consultant. <laughs> so they're dating again. Yes. Okay, also, Cody, I hate how you got me trapped in this freaking caring about your love-like situation. I hate, I hate that that's what you did to me. Oh, come on. It's cute. This, it's uh, you cute, know, the, I'm mad She gets fired, but then like, she just becomes a consultant. You know, yeah, I like anyways. it. But he also made the high adjudicator look like her. Also, this <laughs> kind of reminds me of what happened with um, Far Cry 5, where it kind of bombed and a lot of people hated it. And so they made Far Cry 5 Part 2, where you basically fix the... Um, plot holes that happened in the first game so. really well that's kind of what i was like poking fun at yeah, is that they I like, like that. for one thing the event of like the high adjudicator was them being like crap we have to throw all the players at this problem and it didn't work and so like i like the idea that the high adjudicator figured out how to like capture people in a death loop so they're like spawning in a black hole forever they're like shoot so they just like patched it to make everyone pirates and then they're like uh there's going to be a more powerful alien that shows up now. We got to fix this somehow. <laughs> and, and I like her point where it's like, well, you still didn't fix the problem because something like you're now going to have a player at the top of the rings or yeah. just another like um, NPC. Or another do NPC it. Yeah, might I, just take over. God, I it just it speaks so true to video games. <laughs> like, yeah, it's like very that. realistic to gaming companies. Well, and also like the thing where she just gets fired for this thing where it's like someone has to get fired. Yeah, some, She's technically yeah someone on has top. to be to blame. That's how it works. Yeah. And, and then they didn't like, shoot her in the head, which is surprising for me. Cause I thought, they well, were totally and also like shoot. publicizing it. Like it was intentional that yeah, this was like I a new age stuff. of the game. You know, it's like, it's no, kind of like when destiny up. made destiny too. It's like, yeah, I know the first game sucked. It was really repetitive, but we have a second, even core one. Well, and I mean, world of Warcraft did this where oh, they like gosh. world. The first world of Warcraft was just like kind of broken. And they like are still trying to fix I stuff. I did not you know? know that. Yeah. There's, yeah, there was like a lot of bugs in it. It didn't work right. You know? You know, like, it, it reminds me of Destiny, because they did the Destiny thing where it's like, oh, yeah, no, this game is going to be this um, first-person shooting MMO that's going to be, like, have the longevity and, like, last Yeah, it was supposed years. to be the last game ever. Yeah, the know, like yeah, and then, like, it had some huge holes. Every time they released DLC, it was just the same enemies, just different colors, and a lot of people stopped playing it. So, they're like, now we're doing Destiny 2! Woo! 
That was a problem in Halo 4. I started playing Halo 4, and it's like you would go through like different enemies, and they all had like the same basic types. Yep. That I you would see. Pl- I started playing Halo 5 recently and put it down because it was the exact same problem. Yeah, I'm just like, this isn't interesting. Like, it's, there's it's just the same group. Like, you see the same group of aliens in every firefight. Yeah, right, like, right. It's just like you know what you're going to run into, and it's yeah. boring. I was like, oh, maybe every now and then we'll get a hunter. Woo! But yeah, no, anyways. <laughs> Time for me to roll, even though I don't want to. Because I always roll. Okay. And we got, ah, dang it, Steampunk World. Ooh, I'm excited. I like the idea of Steampunk World, but, like, they try to be, like, super futuristic, but everything's run off steam, so everything still sucks. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, we have the steam power. We can fly through the air, but we can only go so far or we'll suffocate. Or B, dysentery still exists. Because <laughs> we, never, we never got far with our medicine. Like I'm I doing don't that. think that's generally the way steampunk fiction works. Like, we're going to get into the dysentery a lot. Yeah, yeah, that, that's what my world's going to It's going to do the nitty gritty of steampunk world. We're doing another the funny one guys what was the what's the other one the teeth one um scurvy like don't even get started on the scurvy yeah it's like all these problems still exist because we never advanced past steam power and that's what my well, world's steam gonna be power isn't necessarily problematic yeah but that's where all these steam things lie like they stay I mean, on Jordan, steam power they don't advance further than steam power you know that most of our electricity is steam power right yeah i get that like we still use steam I get that, and powers. but are we in a steampunk world where we're wearing those big stupid goggles and flying I mean, around kind steam of, machines? Okay, I hate you, Cody. I mean, if you get far enough back, any electric car is technically steam powered. Yeah, at some point. Yeah, my my get, but see, but the car that I'm driving right now isn't steam powered. Doesn't have a steam ev- tank on it. But we we've advanced further than just using steam. It's kind Cody. of a that, shame that it's not steam powered, though. Yeah. Cody, what are your plugs? I'm just saying, like in a steampunk Cody? world, hey, steam we're ending actually before we're ending before two hours. Providing the power, Cody, the do your plugs before it's too late. Transferred, you know, it's probably still coal power. We have just, to end the episode so we can have one other hour. Cody, stop it for steam. <laughs> oh, I just went over an hour. Uh, check I mean, out I'm going to edit Wandering it down. So it's going to be at least 55 minutes. <laughs> check out the Wandering Gamer Network on YouTube, Twitch, and wherever podcasts exist. And where might that be, Cody? Wherever. Wherever you find podcasts? Yeah, but can I find it on Spotify? Are you guys on Spotify? Yes. Oh, you are? Dang it, I thought you weren't. I don't well, know if we are or not. I'm going to look that up right after the show, and I'm going to inform all our fans that you were wrong. <laughs> Anyways, you can catch me out. Catch me out. Wow. Catch me let me start that over, guys. You can check me out at something I guess zero zero at twitch.tv. I stream sometimes. And if you ever follow my Twitter, you will know that my new podcast, The Side Characters Podcast, is finally out. You can find that on Podbean, iTunes, and Spotify. Type in the Side Characters Podcast, and we're the one with the red logo because apparently there's another side characters that made five episodes and quit. So we are a podcast about cultural diversity in nerd culture. And every week we take a different topic within nerd culture, like gatekeeping or representation in video games or female armor in video games. And we talk through it. It's a really fun time. It's a bit more serious than world shop. You will not hear me making fun of my co-host as much as I make fun of Cody. Um, but it's a lot of fun. I will be posting the link in every episode um, from here on. So if you just want to check out the links and see it, please 
I've been working on this for over a year and a half and it's finally come to fruition. So please check it out. And thank you guys for listening to World Shop. Cody, do you got anything else? Nope. Okay, anyways, we'll catch you on the flip side. Bye. Bye.